0: Peace, peace. You know what it is, Shaman Skyzoo, Skyzoo, live out the borough, and this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing, it, man? Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. What's good, everybody? Happy Monday. We're starting a little bit later today at 12, just afternoon, 12.15. On this Monday, had some things to handle, so we didn't start at our normal 11 o'clock time. But a lot going on in the world of the NBA, and don't think that it's changing anytime soon. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving, how he's trying to come back, COVID protocols, how it's getting all crazy around that, how that might impact games like the Christmas Day game, which is going to be really interesting to see if that does happen. And to talk about all that with me for a good portion of the show is going to be my man. We also going to, I should mention, we're also going to talk about rookies. This is why I have this person on, Uh, my man, Jamal Murphy, the Blackatologist. He joins us now. Murph, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, Dex? I'm chilling. Happy to be on my favorite basketball show. I, see, I like, see, I like that, man. I like that. I like that you got love. I like that you got love saying that it's your favorite basketball show. That's how, that's how, how we supposed to keep it. I'm glad you're well, you're staying safe. I, I assume here you're staying safe. We're, you
1: know, we're all trying, you know, these are, uh, you know, the never ending pandemic.
0: It's the, it is, it is a never ending pandemic. And there's never ending drama. It seems like around the Brooklyn Nets Uh, on Friday. We found out, and I know we talked about this in a little group chat that we had Friday, we found out that Kyrie Irving would be returning to the Brooklyn Nets as a part-time player. This after the Nets said initially they weren't going to have him as a part-time player. So I ask you, Murph, how shocked were you about this? Because this was a shocking 180, 360, whatever spin you want to call it. It was kind of shocking to me.
1: Yeah, I I was shocked. The way the news came out, you know, we had heard little rumors about uh, the fact that Kyrie might be coming back or that he and Kevin Durant had had uh, open lines of communication so that this was possible. But, yeah, it was surprising the way the Nets did it. You know, they kind of used the whole, uh, you know, the the problems with COVID as, as an excuse uh, for bringing him back and, the, you know, and allowing him to play just half the games. That That surprised me. Uh, but to me, you know, it's it, when you know, after thinking about it, it's just really the Nets uh, getting back to business and 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 making this strictly basketball and business and nothing else. You remember when they first, uh, you know, kind of banned Kyrie from the team and all activities? The rationale was that it had, it was nothing to do with like some medical statement they were making or some political statement they were making. The rationale was. That team-wise, they didn't think it was a good idea to have a player who was just going to be around for away games, so just half the games, and what that would do uh, to you know to team chemistry and that kind of thing. So, I mean, when you look at it from that perspective, I guess it makes sense. You know, they have they have all these injuries, they have all these uh, COVID illnesses, and that sort of thing, and, and instead of picking up guys for 15 day contracts they have a guy that they can actually play in half the games so when you just look at it a basketball and business standpoint
0: it kind of makes a little sense okay so a couple things here on that because you and I had the same vibe on this when this first happened and one of the things we both talked about was hey I'm not necessarily sure how he's going to be able to return the team if it comes in the middle of the season and will there be some friction with it now look we know that It only matters what KD says. What KD wants is what he's going to get. But do you still see any problems here with Kyrie returning? He hasn't been all in, and now he's in halfway. Do you think there'll be any problems with that?
1: I mean, there could be and there most likely will be problems with Kyrie returning. I mean, there's always some sort of issue when Kyrie plays, even if he would have played, you know, even if the pandemic never came around and and the uh, vaccine mandates were never here, there would be there would always be some issue and it would never surprise us whether uh, there were some issues with teammates, um, you know, thinking that Kyrie got special treatment even in regular time. So I I think, of course, there is the possibility that this doesn't sit well with the team, of course, GM uh, Sean Marks said that, you know, he didn't make the decision alone. Uh, you mentioned KD. I'm sure he played a huge role in that, but I'm sure they talked to all the players, at, you know, to some extent, and that, you know, I would assume most of them were probably all in, like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever helps us win on the court. Uh, could, down the line, could that cause issues? Of course. You know, playoff, what, what are we going to do in the playoffs? Is he still going to be right. a, a halftime player? Like, it does, you know, We talked about this months ago. It doesn't make any sense. We've never seen anything like this before. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised about any issues. And we we, first we have to wait to see if he gets on the court because, you know, he is obviously he's in he's all right right away. He's in covid protocol. Will he get on the court? How long will he stay on the court? Uh, That's an issue, too. So I think we just have to take this day by day, take everything with a grain of salt and uh, see
0: where we are in in a month or so. So you talked about him being in COVID protocols, which happened literally less than 24 hours after it was announced that he was returning, and maybe this was like the least shocking thing of the season around. Ky- around he's not vaccinated, the Omicron variant is spreading wildfire out here, and he's now in health and safety protocols. One thing I found interesting, Murph, was Sean Marks was asked if he was going to ask Kyrie if he would get vaccinated, and he said he didn't think it was appropriate at this time. To which I was like, what? How is now not the time to ask this question? You kind of brought this up. If he's not vaccinated and this could happen again or this can affect other players, don't you think in a way his, him not being vaccinated around the team is still somewhat of a distraction?
1: Oh, a Kyrie is a, a distraction built in himself. You know, it doesn't matter uh what the situation is. He's going to be some sort of distraction. I think if we haven't learned that to at this point, then I don't know what we're watching. So I think Sean Marks is just obviously he's trying to skirt the question. He doesn't care, I think, at this point. They're just trying to win games in in the immediacy. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to win games now. They, you know, they have a road trip coming up. They feel like they can plug them in there. Uh they don't know where they're getting their players from, what players are going to be on in protocol what players aren't going to be in protocol he's just trying to put put together the best team he can and win as many games at this particular moment as he can so I really think he's not even trying to broach anything with with Kyrie at this moment he's I think he's taking it day by day also he's going to see he's going to try to win games in the regular season and then see where we
0: are at a certain point when other decisions have to be made all right speaking of taking it day by day it seems like that's what the NBA is doing, right? We're seeing all these reports woes and shams. There's no transactions. There's no trades. They're not reporting that. All we're seeing is this player is in health and safety protocols. This player is not. This coach, this staff member, whatever is not. And it's causing cancellations of games. We saw yesterday, Sunday, two, three games canceled last night. Two more canceled for Monday and Tuesday, respectively. Uh, so five games in total announced on Sunday be canceled. With all these games being canceled and as we approach the Christmas, which we'll get to in a second, how concerned are you about just, I guess not the health of just players, but even the integrity of these games, because we don't even know where guys are coming from. It looks like a G League All-Star game out there with some of these games.
1: Yeah, no, I'm very concerned. Uh, you know, as a fan, as a uh, sports writer, you know, we don't know where this is going. Uh, obviously, they're going to continue to be more cancellations. Uh remember, I mean, when you look at society, on you know, in the broader scope, and and this uh, and the pandemic that we're in the midst of, this is really just the beginning right now. Uh, th- we're still dealing with ninety-seven percent Delta cases, and we know Omicron is coming. It's not even here yet. You know, that's supposed to get here in the next, uh, you know, week or so, uh, in terms of full blast, and that's supposed to so, it's supposed to spread at two times the rate at least of uh, Delta. So. There's a lot more of this that's probably going to come. I think if the NBA, all these leagues, NFL, NHL, if they play any games, you know, as as far as a business model, they've got to be, uh, you know, they've got they've got they've got to just take that and be happy with that because I, you know, anything less than a shutdown right here is 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 problematic, really, because this, there are going to be more cancellations. This thing isn't stopping anytime soon. So, yeah, I'm concerned, but I don't see any kind of light at the end of the tunnel at
0: this point with yeah and I'm glad you said that because all the experts epidemiologists who we should be listening to they have said exactly what you said which is going to get worse in the next couple of weeks this thing could peak by early to mid January this is what you could see and like you said that's not even with the Omicron variant uh taking you know full charge yet at this point now we know for the NBA Murph we're going to do a show on Friday, which you'll be a part of. We were planning to do this Christmas preview special. <laughs> Christmas Day is huge mm-hmm. for the NBA. <laughs> I mm-hmm. see you shaking your head. You know how big it is. This is the NBA showcase day. And right now, if we look at the Nets, their three main stars are, could not play. It's possible that, that a couple of them could come back, could not play. The Lakers have had guys in and out. Those two teams also play each other. We've got a bunch of stars that just aren't playing right now. Do you think Christmas Day games could can be canceled, or is the NBA so focused on making sure they get their major showcase out there that they don't care who's on the court? It could be uh, me and you, and people still might watch.
1: I I think, yeah, I think that makes sense in terms of what how the NBA is thinking. I think, that, you know, at this point, it's really out of their control. What can they do? You know, they can't, you know, if players are are testing positive for COVID. They are going to have to quarantine. They are going to have to go through protocol. They're going to be out and they have no control over that. So, uh, I, and I don't see them wanting to cancel games if they have enough players, uh, that can play. Like you said, it doesn't really matter who's on the court. Uh, people are going to turn it on, on Christmas day, because that's, that's the tradition. That's what we do. Um, that's, that's what, you know, family uh, gatherings are about nowadays, you know, you know, watching sports with the family. So, uh, you know, I don't see the NBA uh, canceling games, you know, unless they absolutely have to uh, just like any other day. So, you know, all they can do is hope for the best in terms of the uh, the most stars as possible being available to play. And we can pretty much guarantee at this point, uh-huh. some of those stars are going to be missing, you know, the right? teams are not going to be at full strength. We know that
0: already. Right, right now it's more than 15% of the league's 450 players were in NBA health and safety protocols. That was as of Sunday evening. So that's either because they tested positive for COVID or were close to somebody uh, that might have been. So it's 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 just crazy. I don't know what we're going to see in the next couple of days. Like I said, Murph and I might be suiting up. We might have to suit up for the Knicks <laughs> or the Nets or something uh, to get out there. But, with, you know, all jokes aside, we're wishing that everybody would be safe. Uh, Murph, you have your eye very strongly on the collegiate game and you also look at a lot of these young players coming into the league last month we had a november uh rookie report into december and we look at this in december now where rookies may have progressed or maybe have not progressed as some of us have think who's impressed you in the last month since we last talked has it been the same guys that we thought were impressive at that time is there anybody else that's new who's been the impressive rookies in this past month that we should look at
1: Wow. Yeah, I think, you know, I I continue to be impressed by this most recent draft. I think there are just so many guys and a lot of it, you know, you can attribute to recently uh, the COVID protocols where you have you've had to throw a lot of rookies, even second rounders in the mix that you wouldn't normally have to do. So I've been, you know, to answer your question as a whole. Yes, I've been very impressed, even more so recently with a lot of rookies in this draft. But, you know, to getting back to the big guys who have impressed, yeah, Cade Cunningham. Uh, he started off really slow and he's really picked it up uh, in the past month. Um, he's gotten the shooting, shooting percentage a little better. Uh, he's showing people his complete game, uh, you know, averaging more than uh, five rebounds and five assists, um, you know, to go along with points. At the, you know, I believe in the, in the high teens. Uh, so he's doing his thing. He's kind of, you know, people kind of thought, you know, or, or we saying, you know, in Twitterverse, people just, you know, say whatever they want to say, <laughs> but you know, people calling him a bust and all this kind of stuff because he had a, you know, you know, five plus games, bad games to start the season. I think we know that he's a he's a real uh, future star in his game by now. Of course, Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes have continued uh, to impress. They haven't really taken a step back, except for Mobley being in COVID protocol. So we'll see how he comes back from that. Uh, a guy I slept on that we've talked about, Franz Wagner, has continued. Uh, to play well. So you gotta, you gotta be, you know, I'll take an L on that one. He has been, (laughs) he has been pretty good. Um, But I mean, you know, Chris Duarte, he's getting more time now as Indiana has decided to, uh, you know, I guess in some ways it seems like they're almost trying to tank and, you know, you know, uh, get rid of guys. So he's getting more time, but just, just to talk about some of these guys that, that are seeing time now that we didn't even expect. You got like Herb Jones in New Orleans. He's He's he playing really playing well. Fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Dasumu Dos, in Chicago, uh, even before uh, COVID uh, really started to take effect. You know, this most most recently he was doing this thing, but you guys like guys, you got guys like uh, Kessler Edwards from Brooklyn coming out of nowhere, um, and and showing that he can play because he's he's been forced to play because the Nets have no other rostered guys. Same thing with David Duke Jr., who 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 was undrafted, I believe, and that was a shocker. Uh, if you would have went back to uh, months before the draft and then even though, even guys like BJ Boston have shown, have shown up. So, I mean, there's so many guys uh, in this current draft and I
0: I think this draft gets deeper and deeper as we get further into the season. Yeah, I think so. We've been seeing that. You mentioned uh, BJ Boston, Miles McBride had a great uh, performance right. for the Knicks uh, last week. So it was interesting. Now you brought up, you brought up Mobley and we talked about him a lot uh, pre-draft. And then the last time you were on here, Is he still the front-runner for Rookie of the Year with what you're seeing right now? I know he's out right now with the COVID protocols, but is he the guy you'd still say is the front-runner for Rookie of the Year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was never quite on him as a front-runner. I thought he was probably side-by-side with Scotty Barnes. If you want to give Mobley the edge because his team was doing better and because I think people look at him as having more upside, I could see – him uh you know getting the slight edge. But you know, with with him going into protocol, we'll see how that affects him. I mean if you look at the straight numbers, I mean Scotty Barnes has been the better individual player probably, mm-hmm. at least on the offensive end. And we know he's a great defender as well. Um but Mobley is is an outstanding defender. But I mean if you look at straight offensive stats, I mean he's averaging 16, uh eight rebounds. They're both they're both averaging eight rebounds. Mobley's averaging 15, uh 14 points a game. Um Barnes has the edge and a slight edge in assists, uh, uh, better field goal percent. I mean, better three point percentage, which is surprising to a lot of people. I know we talk about it all the time. How you know people said he was going to be a zero level scorer. He's proven that that is the farthest thing from the case. He's hitting threes now. He's expanded his offensive game already. You know, when you think about it, just in the first quarter of the NBA season. So, uh, you know, I would I would lean Scotty Barnes now, but I'm not mad at people who would say Mobley. I uh, guess the slight edge. Well, that's
0: the thing, Murph. I've seen a lot of different places where it's kind of been split. I've seen some people have uh Barnes won, some people have Mobley won, some people have penciled in Mobley. I think it's a little too early for that already, as rookie of the year. But all right, let's I'm I was actually gonna jump to Kay Cunningham, but let's talk about Scotty Barnes. Do you think he can be the best rookie, right? Like do you think there's a point where he can have some separation away from Mobley? And the rest of the field, which would be tremendous, because as we said, there were people out there who said he was a zero level scorer, and he's shown a lot on both sides of the ball. Do you think he can end up winding up being having the best rookie season out of anyone in this class?
1: Yeah, he could. I mean, he's he's doing that right now. I mean, he's having the best all around rookie season uh, individually. I believe uh, out of anybody, you know, in terms of being consistent from from first game to where we are now, uh, in terms of separation, I think. I think the class is too strong for him to, to really separate because I think Mobley, as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna be right there. He's only gonna get better. Same thing with Cade Cunningham, he's only getting better. He's an all around player, kinda of similar to Barnes in a way. Um so yeah, I don't I don't quite see him separating, but I could see him, you know, when when it's all said and done, uh having having had the best rookie season and being being the best rookie.
0: It, w- it wouldn't be uh, crazy at all from what we've seen. Cade Cunningham, number one pick. Heard at the beginning of the year. We talked about this last month. But if you've, if you've been watching the games, if you have been watching Cade Cunningham, he's shown to me, Murph, what I thought, which is a guy who has a great feel for the game. He's been getting some games where he's had some near triple doubles. Um, he had the, the shooting has been a little bit erratic, and he struggled with that. But he's shown to me good leadership. Ability to get assists, ability to get boards, and some toughness. i like the progression of him. What What have you What do you think about the progression of Cade Cunningham and where he is in month two, as opposed to a disjointed start in month one for him earlier this season?
1: Yeah, no, you got to love where he where he is right now. I mean, look at his numbers. He's averaging sixteen points, uh, five uh, six rebounds, five assists. He's gotten his his percentages up. Remember, he. Like you said, he, st- he had a rough start to the season. Remember, he he, uh, he hurt his ankle in the preseason, missed the first couple games of the regular season. So he kind of he, he didn't come in smoothly uh, in terms of playing and, and being in a rhythm. Uh, so he's finally been able to do that. And he's showing what everybody kind of kind of knew he was. He's this all around player, great high basketball IQ, very good leader tremendously unselfish and that kind of thing translates you know to the team so now you got everybody looking for the open man you can see when he's on the court uh you know the the, the ball just moves much more freely than when he's not on the court so i think he's you know he's showing improving he's only going to get better those percentages are only going to only going to improve uh and this is kind of what he's done his entire career so you know from high school he doesn't wow you with athleticism and he's not going to have you know the the best dunks, uh, you know, in any given game, but he's going to do it all. When you look up at at the scoreboard at the box score, you're going to be like, "Wow, he he did everything." So I think he's can, he's showing that he can do that on this level, also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I've liked the progression, and he's been as good as advertised. Like you said, not flashy, but he's getting the job done. And this this kid is this kid is absolutely a, a player. Uh, before we before we leave here, quickly on the college side of things. You know, there's been a lot of talk uh, about who's going to be number one uh, in that. Do you think it's clear cut uh, that we see? Is uh, it Paolo Banchero uh, from Duke? Is it clear cut that it's him or do you see it being somebody else right now?
1: Yeah, I don't think we're we're at a clear cut stage right now. And I don't think we're going to get there anytime soon, especially college basketball is having the same issues or worse uh, than the NBA in terms of, uh things being disjointed all of a sudden because of uh COVID uh going around. You got all kind of cancellations of games. We don't know. There could be some teams have shut down. Uh so that only adds to the to the uncertainty of who is really going to be the number one pick next year, who's having the best college basketball season. Uh Bencero, actually uh, you know, he wowed people in the in the beginning of the season, but he's come back down to earth a little bit, had some bad games. You got Chet Holmgren. He's still in the mix. You can tell he's just he's getting stronger and, and, and more confident every day. So he could look like a totally different player come uh-huh. March if we have basketball, come March and April that he does right now. And even right now, he still contributes and puts up, you know, you know, pretty impressive stat lines in terms of rebounds and blocks and he'll score on occasion. He's a three point shooter. I just don't think he's there yet uh, confidence wise or strength wise. But of course, those things can improve. But I do think right now you're, it's it's really coming down between uh, Chet Holmgren and, and Ben Carroll. And we'll see if anybody else can step up uh, in the meantime.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And like you said, college basketball season has been just as unpredictable too, in terms of whether games are getting played or not. And then, even I know you saw this stuff today. My Pitt Panthers actually upset St. John. Nobody <laughs> saw that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. Right, right. Yeah, no,
1: nobody, nobody saw that coming, and St. John's getting killed for it. But you know, they were also they were playing without uh, their their best player in Champ Penny. Uh, yeah. But but Pitt, I mean, that's still a great win for them—a road win at Madison Square Garden. I mean, they had lost. They had some terrible home losses terrible uh, so, terrible home losses you know if that can if
0: that can help uh Pit turn things around that's a good thing of course yeah we'll we'll take that that that's always good that is jamal murphy you know him that's a black etologist always rocking with us here on the nba exchange murph thanks for joining me man uh i'll see you friday hopefully we'll be talking about some good christmas matchups and it won't oh, be boy. too bad but i'll i'll see you again on good. friday good, good, good luck, luck with match-up. that one yeah, good luck. I, I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I might. I don't even know what to bet on any of these matchups now. Any of these games, I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure what you're supposed to do. All right, Murphy. So we'll see. We'll see you then. That's uh, Jamal Murphy. I said once again, you can catch his work on the Bros Pod, undefeated as well. Too. He'll be joining us Friday to talk about some Christmas games. We're gonna take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you guys about some bets for Monday night. We're gonna go through those really quickly. A little later show today in the NBA Exchange. All that coming up when we come back on the NBA Exchange. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Change. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the PrizePix app today. Helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. The Sports Walk is back. Watch season four of Backpack Broadcasting's original award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets, literally in these streets. The first three seasons and current season with new episodes every Monday are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. Welcome back to the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. Thank you for rocking with us on this Monday afternoon. Uh, again, special shout out to my man Jamal Murphy for joining us here early on. You know what time this time to talk about some NBA bets. A light night in the NBA uh, tonight wasn't a bunch of great games to pick from. But my thing tonight is like it's gonna be this trust the better team. And the weaker teams in these matchups, we don't believe you. We don't believe in you getting the job done. I don't. I'm not buying it at all. That is going to be the theme here today. Now, how much I believe in these teams covering the spread, which I think some of these are a little bit dicey in how I might want to go, but I think it's definitely something to look at. So, first game, Chicago Bulls. They are coming off of a really great win last night against the Los Angeles Lakers in what was a very entertaining game. Bulls are now getting healthy. They got a lot of their guys back from COVID protocols, which is good for them. They will be hosting the Houston Rockets. As I mentioned, this is a back-to-back for them. But the Rockets, you know, haven't been good. They've been playing better lately. They just ended a two-game losing streak the other night with a win over the Detroit Pistons. Another team that's not that good. But look, the Bulls, I think, you know, they've been out. They've dealt with what they've dealt with. Their guys are back. They're going to be hungry. Uh, Most of these guys haven't played recently. I know it's a back-to-back, but they're just better than the Rockets. Can they beat the Rockets by eight or more? Yes, I think they can. The Bulls' defense, I have was not a believer in at the start of the season. They've impressed me a lot more than I've thought. You even saw it last night in their win against the Lakers, how they're able to get certain stops down the stretch make life difficult, which, again, was a very entertaining game. Um, and they're just able to have guys I think they can score easier. The Rockets, they're going to struggle to score a lot, especially in the half-court offense. Not a team I'm particularly trusting here. I don't think they get a win. I think the Bulls are easily able to outclass them at home by more than seven points give me the bulls to cover here minus seven like them covering over the rockets sorry rockets don't believe in you at all all right next game now, this is an interesting matchup because the last time these two teams played man it wasn't good for one of them oklahoma city thunder will be in memphis to take on the grizzlies and folks i don't know if you remember the last time these two teams played i know both of them do you know why cuz Memphis won 152 to 79 the last time these teams played. That was back on December 7th. So not that long ago, only 18 days ago. Oklahoma City. Now, here's the thing about OKC. Are you going to have some pride in this game? You can't get your ass kicked by 73 points again. That just can't happen. So are you going to have some pride? That was, let's be let's put this in perspective, folks. The NBA record for largest margin of victory happened in that game. Are the Thunder going to atone for their sins? I would hope so. Thunder have to have a little bit of confidence. It just came off a big win against the Clippers. SGA, Shea Gildress-Alexander hitting the game winner. But Memphis, who's been playing pretty well, as I've noted in the past week, I've picked them a bunch of times in the past week to win. They let me down the other night where they did not uh, win by six to 10 points. But other than that, they've been pretty good. And they've played well, well, extremely well without John Morant. I've lauded Triple J in his performance. You know, our guy Gerard Hector, that's his boy, lauded his performance in the last month. And they just had a tough loss to Portland uh, last night. I think they're able to bounce back here against Oklahoma City because Oklahoma City just, I just don't see them getting it done. Now, do I think they'll win by 73 points? No, I, I think that's something we saw once. I don't think it's going to happen again. I don't also think Memphis is 73 points better than Oklahoma City. But here's the thing, in this game, we're asking, are they nine points or more better than Oklahoma City? And I say, yes, I think they are. I think they are definitely nine points or more better than Oklahoma City. Right line is minus eight and a half here. I think the Grizzlies are going to be confident. I think they're looking to bounce back for a win over Portland. Their offense struggled late in that game last night. Weren't able to get some shots to sink. But I think this is a team that's playing very confident. They're excited that John Morant could be returning. Taylor Jenkins said soon. they got to be excited about it. And for a team like the Grizzlies that are trying to stay in the playoff hunt, you've got to get the wins that you're supposed to get. And right now, this is a win that they are supposed to get. Maybe not by 73, but I think it's the one they're supposed to get, especially coming after a loss. Give me Memphis to cover. Not looking for anything extra. Not trying to be cute with this bet. Give me them to cover. Nine points or more to get this victory at home Over OKC, but I think OKC showed some pride this time and they don't get blown out by 73. I guess that's a win. All right, my last game of the night West Coast late game. We got the Sacramento Kings. They've been ravaged by COVID 19 against the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors now recently seeing some effects of COVID 19 as well. Jordan Poole in health and safety protocols, if you're watching this game. Andrew Wiggins also in health and safety protocols. And still, the odds via MGM. have the Warriors winning by eleven and a half or more points? The line is at eleven and a half. This is without Jordan Poole, major contributor. He's been a little streaky, but major contributor. And Andrew Wiggins, who's had a very good season for the Golden State Warriors, and still they've got the Warriors favored to win this pretty handily. I like them. I don't trust the Kings. You want to know why? Because they're the Kings, and they're having they're being affected by health and safety protocols and everything that's going around with that team and Who's going to be sellers on that team? Who might be traded here? Who knows? They haven't had a lot of continuity recently. There have been their practice time has been disruptive. I think that the Warriors have been very thoughtful in how they're resting players, especially around COVID. Draymond Green, and Steph Curry, was sent back home early from an East Coast trip. Uh, recently, the other day, they missed the last game, and they had some impressive performances from some of the young guys, including Jonathan Kaminga, who played very well. In their most recent game. And this is a time for some of the young guys to step up. But what I always like about the Warriors is we know what their system is. They can plug in guys, and guys know how to play within their offensive system and defensive struggle, stru- defensive system, excuse me. I do not see them struggling against the Kings. Do I love the 11 and a half here? No. This is probably the one I'm probably least confident in. Now, can the Warriors do it? I think Streff and Draymond can have big games. If they do, yes, they can cover. So I would say, hey. A little bit hesitant, but go in. Throw a couple dollars here on the Warriors to win my 12 or more. Why not? Who do you believe in more? The Warriors winning my 12 or more or the Kings to get the upset here, right? Would you take the Kings and the points? I don't trust the Kings. Not going to do it. I'm going to trust the Warriors and their championship medal. They've looked good so far. Draymond and Curry are going to be rested. I think they will come out. This is another situation of a game. They know they have to beat the teams that they should beat. This is a team they should beat even without Andrew Wiggins, and I think they come out and cover here. So give me all these teams to cover. Bulls to cover once again. Seven is the line in that game. They're favored by seven. I like them to cover. I like Memphis to cover. Eight and a half is the line in that game over the Oklahoma City Thunder, and hopefully Oklahoma City does not get blown out once again. And I also like Golden State to cover 11 and a half points against the Sacramento Kings, because come on, man, unless you're a Kings fan, you don't really believe in the kings. And I'm not even saying that to shade the kings. We we know. We know we know what's up. But thank you as always for joining us. We did the show a little bit later today. Please follow the MB Exchange at the MB Exchange or on Twitter or Instagram. Also, please continue to support us via Patreon. If you like this content, and you want to support it to see more content like this created by us, give us a few dollars. You can do that through our Patreon link. And we always want to thank our patrons who support us. Also, please check out our new promotion with prize picks. We, all you have to do is sign up for prize picks So the best way to play some prop games that you can play over-unders, Daily Fantasy. Check out prize picks. Your first deposit will be matched 100% up to $100. All you got to do is sign up with prize picks and use the special code that we got for our viewers, listeners, NBAEX. All you got to do, all you have to do is do that. Sign up. It is very easy. We will be back on Wednesday at the regular time of 11 a.m. This Wednesday, Gerard Hector will be joining me for some NBA with Nuance. We're going to have a lot to talk about. And then on Friday, we're going to have a friends episode. It'll be myself, Brian Fonseca, Jamal Murphy, who we saw earlier in the show, and Gerard Hector will all be joining to talk about what's going on with the NBA and how excited or not excited we might be for the Christmas games coming up on Saturday. As usual, everybody, be safe, stay healthy, be well, mask up, get vaxxed, Do the thing and come back and join us on Friday and Wednesday of this week. We want to see you here for all the days this week. We can talk about everything going on in the world of basketball on the NBA Exchange. Until next time, y'all. Peace.